0: because they change things. They push the human race forward. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do.
1: listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
2: everyone welcome to this the essential apple podcast number 150 yes we made it it's a bloody miracle there we are uh, <laughs> joining me this week i have nick spligosh riley and we're going to take a look at the stories of the week so how are you nick
1: i'm very well thanks simon yeah good to be back and uh having a chat about the uh the news
2: yep uh, there's quite a lot going on this week so um uh, well the, the first story i put down here was um, a lot of people were, were muttering that catalina was probably going to launch to the public on um i think they said the sixth no can't have been the sixth can it? anyway earlier this week and uh it didn't uh, and what actually shipped instead was catalina beta 9 and um just uh, just so the listeners know, literally, literally while Nick and I were setting up for this show, I got an alert that said a new update is available for this Macintosh. Yes, Catalina 10 dropped. Like moments before we started recording. So uh there we go. That means but, I doubt
1: they're not quite ready yet, are they?
2: That means I don't think Catalina's launching in the next few days either. No. No gold master, not yet, as far as I can tell. There we are. Um oh and uh IOS thirteen point two. I wondered how long I'd be on IOS thirteen, you know, point one or whatever. Uh well, days. Literally about two days I think it was. <laughs> I went from. I've 30... only just updated to thirteen
1: point one point two.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I went from thirteen point one to thirteen point one point two, I think, and then about two days later, thirteen point two beta one. So there we are. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. Um. So there we. And listeners, you may have noticed that I said I was on Catalina because, yes, uh, loopback has. Uh, updated to a version which uh, runs on Catalina which means no more running my Macintosh from the slow uh, USB backup drive in Mojave to record the show hurrah hurrah cheer cheering sound effect <laughs> and, uh, rioting in the streets no it's no it's it's nice um I mean it was working you know I had it working um and Despite the fact that uh, Rogue Amoeba themselves describe Audio Hijack as not working under Catalina, um, I've had it working under Catalina for some time. The only reason I couldn't record the show uh, on Catalina was because loopback wasn't working, which meant I couldn't feed my audio out to my uh, recorders. So, there we go. Um... I probably could have got round it if I wanted, but uh, it was easier just to go with the workflow and boot in Mojave. But no more doing that! Hooray! Um, what else? Well, of course, this week, eight years since Steve passed away. Um, can Gosh. you believe it? Yes.
0: Can
1: yeah, you believe it's gone it? a long, gone very quickly indeed.
2: Doesn't time fly past? So, uh, Tim Cook, of course, offered a tribute to Steve Jobs on his eighth anniversary. Um. Link here to Apple Insider. Um, I think he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, remembering Steve's comment, the greatest, uh, most precious resource you have is time. So there you go. Uh, rest in peace, Steve. Really? Um, yeah. And, uh, of course, Tim Cook's been doing pretty busy this week, hasn't he? Um, he's been uh, in Europe. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the pictures of him in uh, there was uh, pictures of him at uh, Oktoberfest downing a oh, large. No, no, I didn't see that. No, no, I was on Twitter. Uh, there was a, no. a pictures of him downing a large Stein of um, of beer at the Oktoberfest. Uh, some wag said uh, Tim Cook checking the fall detection on his Apple Watch the correct way, <laughs> <laughs> which was quite witty. I, like I that. was that was rather witty. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, Apple in. Uh, no, nine to five. Mac have got a piece. Um, Tim Cook uh, was in Italy and he gave a speech to some students um, where he was talking about climate change, fake news, and uh, quite a lot more. Um, well, all the all the usual things, of course. Uh, he he said quite clearly um, that uh, Apple feel that you know working to uh, be as green as possible. Um, and you know to protect the environment is they don't do it uh, for any other reason than they feel it's a moral imperative which uh, is mm-hmm. quite good quite good um yeah we make renewable energy a priority not because of regulation but because it is a moral imperative there we go um, jolly good he's also well, like of course hear. yes of course very much uh he's also uh submitted what's known as an amicus brief uh, which is basically uh, registering support for um, a case uh, in the American courts in support of uh, DACA, uh, commonly known as the Dreamers Program, uh, because he believes that uh, you know, people who've grown up in the US, even if they uh, arrive as the children illegally, should not be booted out. Should have the right to uh, become registered citizens. So, um, and then, uh, what have we got here? Fake news is one of the negatives of the internet. Um, the internet has brought many positive things, but fake news is one of the negative. As lovers of democracy and freedom, we must think that separating false from true is the basis of freedom. Quality journalism is the foundation of every democracy, and an open and free press is essential. Uh, take from that what you will. Um, other than the obvious, perfectly clear statement, um, if you want to read a subtext into that, feel free. Uh, and he said,
1: he certainly, he certainly doesn't mind. Uh, he certainly doesn't mind getting stuck into some fairly weighty um, political matters really does he?
2: no no he doesn't he doesn't um which i think is quite nice you know um the fact is yes, refreshingly, refreshingly um refreshingly kind of you know out there and not yeah you know a lot yes exactly I, I what think he really he,
1: thinks rather than what he thinks he should be saying
2: I, it, it might be because you know apple was such a big powerful com- company that he feels he can you know, pretty much do that. Um It might also be because he, you know, appears to be able to call President Trump and uh, shout at him. But... Um,
1: <laughs> it could be.
2: I don't know. But it is quite, yes, it's nice to hear somebody, I think, in that sort of position saying, you know, we do this or we do that because we think it is right and not because of the bottom line. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you do get a lot of weasley mealy-mouthed kind of uh, output from a lot of companies, don't you? That yeah, well, I won't name any specifically, but you can probably guess who <laughs> I'm talking about. Um, mm. And he reinforced the idea that Apple does not treat users as a product and does not sell or give away user data. There we go. Surely um, good. That's what we like to
1: hear.
2: All good things. Um, as he said, he left the students with a final piece of advice about smartphones. Smartphones must bring you closer to those who are far away. Uh, do not move away from those who are close to you. If you spend more time looking at your smartphones instead of people's eyes, you are wrong. We make products to help you and not to waste your time. Yeah, alright.
0: Mm.
2: Well, <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway, fair enough comment, I guess. Fair enough comment. Um... He
1: uh, it, it does make devices that are very easy distracting though doesn't it <laughs> yes <he> does,
2: <laughs>
1: i understand what he's he? saying but i think uh... what he's
2: yeah, I, yeah well i think what he's saying <laughs> is it's down to you it's not it's not yeah, of fault. course it is it's not our fault if you you know we're trying to advise you you don't you know don't isolate yourself with your phone use it to bring you closer no. to people who are far away from you there we are um so good on uncle tim standing up and saying what he thinks i think now yeah? um and I don't, yeah. think I, I don't think I disagree with any of that. I think it's all true. So there no, we go. That are.
1: sounds very admirable.
2: Yeah. Um, now, this one, I'm going to enjoy this one, Nick. I'm going to enjoy this one. <laughs> Apple have increased production of the iPhone 11 line, uh, allegedly by as much as 10%. Uh, and this story, the one I've got is from Apple Insider. Guess what I'm going to say. What do you think I'm going to say, Nick? <laughs>
1: uh... I don't know. What are you going to say, (laughs) Tom?
2: I'm going to say, I'm going to say, told you so. Who remembers all those stories before the launch of the (laughs) 11th? Told you it was going to be boring and ugly. A failure. A miserable failure. Apple was doomed. You know, sales were going to collapse. Total disaster. Why is anybody even thinking about it? You should all be worrying about the 2020 released iPhone. Hmm, apparently not. Not only is every article on the web praising it as, what well, the fabulous iPhone, you know, the most fabulous iPhone ever with the greatest cameras and blah, 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 blah. It's such a failure they've had to increase production by 10%. Oh, my heart <laughs> bleeds.
1: I'll tell you a little story. Yes. I'll tell Come you a, li- a little story. I, I, uh... Foolishly, uh, about a week before the announcements about the iPhone, the latest iPhone, um, I suddenly had an, uh, an urge to go and buy a secondhand 10R. Uh, and uh, so I went to uh, Music Magpie and uh, decided to buy one from there. Uh, and uh, I'd had it a week, and then, of course, the, all the announcements came out, and the 10R was now cheaper than i'd actually paid music made by fortunately i was within 14 days of their no quibble return guarantee so uh, i immediately returned it and then had a look at the differential between that and the 11 and thought ah go for it (laughs) so i bought myself an 11
2: (laughs) here we go why not indeed why not yes um and I
1: I've got, all I've got to say is thank you to um uh, Sony and to uh Microsoft um because it, 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 the selling two consoles enabled me to buy my new iPhone 11. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah well there we are um well actually this one isn't in the this isn't in the notes per se actually but we were talking about it before and this is a good place to go on to it talking about consoles and that is um Apple Arcade Apple Arcade because you asked me if I'd tried the Apple Arcade uh, which I have I did yes I signed up for um the, the free trial and I've only really one tried one game so far I'll be honest uh, which is um a game called spaceland uh which is described as fast moving sci fi tactical r p g which is a bit of a mouthful for what is actually a sort of um squad skirmish game uh uh-huh. it's a uh, an isometric view and you have your little people and you know you go into the rooms and as you move, you reveal what is in there and the little alien critters and whatnot attack you. And um, if anybody uh, has ever played a tabletop skirmish game, they'll know roughly how it works. That, you know, each character has a certain number of movement points that they can expend and they move and turn and shoot and activate doors and switches and so on. Um, And actually, those games are very good on the computer because you don't have to do all the working out in your head. So you know, you select the character, and um, in this space land, all the squares that are green you can move to and still have enough points to shoot. Um, If you move on to the grey squares, you've you know you can. That's as far as you can move, but you can't um, you can't shoot anymore. you know there are blue squares which indicate there's some cover and so on um not a bad little game quite a simplistic kind of game uh on the phone um and i have an xr as you know um it's a bit tiny you know my i can't read the dialogue because it's too small (laughs) um it plays the the interface is quite nice because it's simply tap you know you you tap on a character then you tap uh, go here and Tap on a highlighted target if you want to shoot it or activate it or, you know, kick a barrel or whatever else it is you want to do. Um, Not too bad. It becomes a bit frustrating in times when it misreads your tap. Um, There's nothing more annoying than uh, manoeuvring into a position where you can shoot at an alien, and then when you tap on him to shoot him, it misreads it as run up next to him, using all your movement points, (laughs) which I can assure you is often critically deadly because at that point, you know, you run up to the alien, the alien shoots you, you die, then you don't have enough characters to complete the mission and you have to start the level again, <laughs> which is exceedingly frustrating. No, no. I can imagine. The other one that it does occasionally, which is uh, nothing really to do with your tapping, occasionally you'll tap, go over there, and instead of going the direct route, the character will go all the way around the room using up all their movement points for reasons. No, no need to the... Algorithm. Anyway, um, other than the fact that, um, you know, it's a bit tiny and sometimes therefore misreads your taps, it's not a bad game. Um, I don't have an iPad to try it on. I'm pretty sure on a nice, you know, 10, 9, 10, 11, whatever iPad, it would be quite nice. Um, So I thought I'll try it on the Apple TV. I'll try it on the Apple TV. That would be all right, wouldn't it? And I'd put it up on my big TV and um, I can use my my iPhone as a, you know, a controller. Um, and I fully expected that they would simply map the phone uh, interface onto the TV screen and give you a virtual finger that you moved with your trackpad, you know, to tap on the various controls. But, um, no, they didn't. <laughs> they really didn't. You have this weird interface where... Um, you have to tap like have to hold your finger down for about three quarters of a second to register a tap um, you have to use the menu button to bring up all the other options uh but be careful if you hold if you don't just tap the menu button but hold it down for a split second, it will do the menu button thing and back you out of your game um. <laughs> and then when you get the when you do get the bit which is supposed to be you know the equivalent of your finger tapping what you uh, move or select or whatever uh you have to like hold down for 3 quarters of a second on a character until you get the the like the highlighted square and then you have to move that with your, you know, with your trackpad, but it moves very slowly. Um, but yet, sometimes you take your finger off, and it keeps on moving. Um, so it's incredibly frustrating, and it seems like the most wrong-headed interface for the TV ever. Um, why didn't they just give you a virtual finger and uh, emulate exactly how it worked on the on the phone? I didn't get that at all, so I gave that up in about twenty minutes because it, the interface was so slow and cumbersome that I couldn't bear it. There we go. That's yeah, the only I've game. Tried. Only game I've tried so far, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I've tried uh, two or three. I I tried Sonic Racing. Right. Um, uh, I also tried um a uh, like a sort of um. Uh, 3D um, pick things up and fight baddies and that kind of thing uh, called Oceanhorn 2.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and I also tried another racing game called uh, Agent Intercept, uh, all on my iPad. Um, I, I just felt that overall that the um, I'd seen much better graphically, um, much better games graphically on the iPad. Than the ones I tried. I mean, it might be that there are others out there that are particularly good, but I quite like graphical rich interfaces. And um, so far, the ones I've tried are a bit sort of well, cartoony.
2: Mm. I did notice Uh, that that there's quite a lot of um, like isometric, uh, you know, games like like the SpaceLand thing. And um, also, there's a lot in a a, a sort of um, very distinct. 2d cartoon style.
0: Um. Hmm.
1: yeah, so I I I think what I was saying just before we started Rob and I, that at the moment they haven't convinced me that it's worth me paying 4.99 for uh, there may be many people out there who who really think it's absolutely the bee's knees and uh, and they're absolutely going for it but uh, I'm not a great game player anyway. So even if it had been quite good, I probably wouldn't have subscribed yeah. simply because I play games often enough. Um, I,
2: yeah. I'm not a huge player of games, but then for example, um, there, there was the angry birds racing, um, which obviously is, oh, you know, yeah, some remember. time ago, yeah. do you remember now? I mean, that was a simple mobile game. You could play it on your phone or your iPad or, you know, on the Apple TV. We played it on the Apple TV, uh, mostly, um, well, actually, telelight not on the Apple TV. We would cast it up to the Apple TV, so you would use your iPhone to actually control the game. But yeah, watch, yeah, yeah. Watch out yeah,
1: I've noticed that quite a few of them as well um, expect you to have a controller to control them with, and I, I'm guessing that's obviously going to be a better interface than trying to do anything on your iPad or your phone.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, some games, but at the moment. At the moment, uh, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't be. I haven't seen any games on in the arcade because if you're going to if you're going to say we're going to have these games on the arcade, and you know you can use a full blown um a full blown controller um yeah. which I've got a link. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, where are the games like uh, I don't know Call of Duty or um. What's the other one that, that people are big on? Um, but you know what I mean. Medal of Honor, the first person yeah. shooters or um, the the more complicated games, more console like games. Now I know I don't think Apple Arcade is, is pitched to go up against you know, um, console games particularly.
1: No, I don't, I don't think it is, uh, uh, without a doubt, the, um, the sort of racing games, are going to benefit from a controller. Yes. Um, simply because, simply because of nature of trying to control something on a sort of like a 3d track as it were. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I don't think there are going to be, I think, I think the type of games we're going to get, the type of games that are in there now. Um, and I don't think it's trying to compete with, um, with the actual arcade consoles. Um it it it's it's aiming at a different group of people i mean yes
2: I, I you know it might simply be that you and i are not really the target market nick i mean I, I'm, I'm sure that's true i mean the yeah. sort of um the sort of mobile games that i have tended to pick up and play for a little bit um you know in, in the past are things like the temple run or um I've got this thing called uh, Off-Road Racer or something, which, you know, they're really simple little games. They don't involve very... Yeah, I
1: tend to get... I must admit, I tend to get hooked on one particular game for quite a long time, because I'm not very good at them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, It's it's one reason that I played them for a long time. Uh, And the other thing is... um, uh they have got adverts quite a lot of them which is hmm. irritating but i but <laughs> you see i'm a, very much of the nature that if i get to a point where i've got to wait an hour i think well that's a good excuse to stop playing it <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't really
1: bother me that much
2: <laughs> no no that's true i mean i i did um for a while quite uh you know quite like playing the angry birds racing that did slightly suffer from the, you know, you're out of energy, just give us a pound or go away for an hour yes. and a half. And was like, yeah, well, I'll go away for an hour and a half. That's enough. I've obviously, <laughs> been playing too I've obviously been playing more than enough. Um, But, yeah, at the moment, I'm I'm not convinced. There's a huge market out there for people who love. I, I think my view of mobile games is I want something really simple. Um Yeah. You see, I like I like I
1: like I've played one or two. I'm quite into puzzle solving games, um, uh, and they may be 2D platformers, effectively, but but they graphically look really nice, and and they're puzzle solving games. And those are the ones I tend to like. Now I haven't actually found any of those on there. No. If someone does I mean, know of any, if they want to let me know, I'll I mean, give them a try.
2: The, you know the sort of game which would catch my interest on on um you know on on there would be something like the room um are, are you familiar with the room games oh
1: yeah i do know yeah i've heard, yeah i've heard of it I, I i did try it once and found it a bit sl- a bit slow for me
2: yeah but, but you know, no that's a graphically intensive um yeah. yeah centered around it would work nicely on an ipad you could you know rotate around the puzzles and whatnot anyway um but i'd like to see more things like that um but that's me. So I don't know. And it's early days, you know, it's early days. It is
1: early days. Yeah. We'll see how things go.
2: But, um, the good
1: thing about subscription, of course, is that you can dip in and out as you feel free. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, um, I just got the distinct impression, certainly from, um, From the Spaceland game, that that had been designed very much with an iPad in mind and shrunk down to work on the phone, which is just about doable. If you've got better eyes than me, you could probably still read the bloody dialogue. Um, But the television, (laughs) I just just didn't get the TV implementation of it at all. It was just like, you seem to have gone the most difficult route when why didn't you just give me a virtual finger and and let me effectively play it on a bigger screen? But... um, yeah i don't know i you know i'll have to possibly try a few more i I downloaded one which was called um what's it called outland or um something and i couldn't even get past the first screen (laughs) i I can't (laughs) understand it there's like it starts off there appear to be people rioting and there's a car and i assume you're supposed to get in the car and make your escape but i couldn't get it to do anything.
1: Couldn't work it out. Couldn't work that
2: one out. Um,
1: You obviously need to be a younger person to be able to sort that one
2: out. I downloaded (laughs) another one um, which said uh, some sort of epic uh, story based around Norse myths or something and it was I only got about three minutes into that because they were like weirdly drawn cartoon characters uh, talking. There was a lot of so-and-so says something, tap, tells, tap, 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 as you get through this boring dialogue. Um, and then the first puzzle was, can you tune this lute? And it was like, tap, 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 right, that's done. I thought, well, that's enough of that. I'm sure the puzzle will get more <laughs> difficult, but if they're going to be interspersed with 400 taps reading an incredibly tedious dialogue, uh, that's not for me. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, not not a great not a great start from my point of view. There we are. Um Okay. Never mind. Uh what else? Uh what else have we got? Apple with lots of things going on. Uh Apple dropped huge hints about its first AR glasses, according to Wired.
1: Um Yeah. I keep talking about AR glasses though
2: they do well not do, apple don't but... no apple don't Apple don't say anything about it other than that uh, i mean Tim. i think tim has kind of implied that he's he's very interested in it um this mostly comes down to the fact i think it's um trout and smith is it uh, has been digging around uh this is some of this goes back a couple of weeks by the way uh First, there was Starboard. Uh, at the beginning of September, a leaked build of iOS 13 was found to contain a readme file, which referred to Starboard, a system allowing developers to uh, view stereo-enabled AR apps on the iPhone, and also included an app called Star Tester, which did exa- exactly that. Um, and if you follow the links, you can see it in action. Um oh, okay. It, it, yeah. Um I mean the the wired article uh, goes into quite some depth so you know if you're interested in that it's worth a read. Um part of the part of the talk here is uh, about the fact that uh, Apple have made two acquisitions. Um they acquired a company called uh, VR Varna apparently, uh, Vervana, I suppose. Um <laughs> and their product apparently was a mixed reality headset, but um it uses pass-through, front-facing cameras to deliver video to the user um, rather than the more complicated technology that's used in things like the HoloLens. Um, So um, there's quite a lot in here. It's interesting. I mean, I am still convinced that Apple will bring out AR glasses, um, but I think a lot of the, the discussion always seems to be, well, how will you do it without them, you know, being honking great headsets?
1: um because... no, i i think the big i think that i think the big issue with uh, with uh, lenses generally is you have got to cater for p- people like me who wear glasses mm. and um you can't just produce glasses that are um so fixed fixed vision lenses i mean yeah somehow you've got to be able to get prescription lenses in whatever you do otherwise you're cutting out a huge proportion of the population
2: yes very much oh. now, I'm I'm in two minds about this. I mean, there's the there's the Amazon uh, frames route where the, the um you know the Amazon frames have got um audio no lenses, effectively. Yeah, yeah, they have Alexa audio and and no more, and they're just the frames, so you can put your own lenses in. Yeah. Um, which is, which is one route you could go down. Um, the other, I guess, would be to do something which in some way could be attached to your glasses frames
1: that's always going to look that's always going to look really clunky though uh, yeah i just think post. i just think if i mean apple are, are the best people to do it in all honesty because if you're going to do it you need to somehow involve all the companies that supply glasses and let's face it in the uk that isn't a huge number
2: no it's not really. um
1: uh, and so you, somehow you've got to work in conjunction with these people, um, and and as I say, Apple are good at doing that. They're they're good at working with uh, publishers of films and and all that sort of stuff. So they're used to working with other companies. Yeah, I, would... uh, I, th- I think uh, like you, I think it's a matter of time, but but I think. It, it, they've got to think through the fact that you can't just make glasses and expect everyone to wear them. Oh, no. Because that They'd isn't going to work.
2: I yeah. think perhaps that their, their direction with the watch might also give you a clue because, you know, with the watch, they – for pretty much the first time, ventured into a wide range of straps. You know, you can have leather straps and Milanese loop straps and whatever, metal, uh, you know, Mm. metal link bracelets and all sorts. Now, um, I very much think that when they do release something, um, that what a lot of people seem to keep going on about is, you know, the amount of compute power that's required. But I'm pretty sure that Apple would go for... um, Something that doesn't have really any compute power, it's simply a peripheral to your to your yeah, phone a little bit
1: like the first like the first watch pretty much
2: yes i I think very much the yeah. the point would be to have um an a r delivering you know pair of glasses as
1: which, long as I haven't got to strap my phone to the side of my head, that'll yeah, be fine
2: yeah <laughs> um but I could see that if they could like you say if they could work. I mean i don't know about the u s or elsewhere, but if you could work um with you know with um people who sell frames, you know even if you start only with the large chains, you could effectively say we do you know so you go you go to optician you you do your um you know the usual and then you say um and I'd like you know do you have apple frames
1: yeah and that, that that'd be it Apple would do their own frame, and that frame would be available. Through your optician, effectively,
2: yes, and so only you just have... you
1: just order lenses for that frame, and yeah, I mean, it's quite possible. I wouldn't have said it was, it was that hard, uh, but I think it is something that needs to be considered right up front.
2: Oh, yes, very much so.
1: Um, for, for, for absolutely self reasons, yeah. <laughs> because, because I wear glasses, <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely. And I'm sure they would, you know, not be cheap, and they probably look a bit like make you all look like Joe 90 you know, but I'm sure, um, I'm sure. Apple I always could... wanted,
1: to, I always wanted to be Joe 90.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or brains. We could look like brains out of thing with these giant Elvis Costello esque lenses on, um, like giant yeah. versions of national health specs of the sixties. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I could, I could go for that. I, I I could go for that. to Be honest. Um, no doubt they would be bloody expensive frames, but, um,
1: would it end up being? Would it, do you remember? No, um, uh, um, uh, people of the UK who are of a certain age will remember the Harmony hairspray advert. <laughs> uh, she's wearing Harmony hairspray. It'll be uh, he's an Apple user. Mm. <laughs> Look at his glasses.
2: Yep, yep. Well, as long as they as long as they come in other colours than bloody white with an Apple logo on them, <laughs> then I'll be all right. <laughs> I don't really want to yeah. walk around looking like a, you know, one of those uh, dangerously bron- bronzed bleached blonde, um, you know, beach bums in, uh, you know. <laughs> we wear those yeah. awful white framed sunglasses. Uh, there we go. Yes, anyway. rather
1: than a pasty white English, rather than a pasty white Englishman. Yeah. yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite happy to be a pasty white Englishman. With my socks in my sandals, thank you very much. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I hope something is coming. I I really do, because I, I really like the idea of having you, the stuff available to you without having to do a lot to get it. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. Providing you with information. I mean, I think I said, I told you a little while ago about the the demo that I saw. Uh, one of the shows recently, where they were showing directions that actually project themselves onto the road, effectively mm. in front of you. Um, so, so you know, when you when when you have to turn right up ahead, you actually see a, an image projected uh, in three D ahead of you on the road.
2: Turn right here. Turn right here. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: That's right.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean that's you know one of the first and commonest. Um, Uses that people think of, and I'm sure people will think of lots of others, but um, yeah, I, I, I think it's something that's coming exactly when. Um, I'm not going to be one of these people who says, Oh, Apple's AR glasses are coming out in 2020 or 2021, they'll come out when they're bloody well good and ready. Um, and as yeah, yeah I think like, and, and
1: if and if they don't work, Apple won't do it. I mean, it's as simple as that, yeah, they're and not going think- to do it just because people like the idea.
2: I think also <laughs> Apple will. You know, in the same way as they worked with the carriers, um, you know, initially to get that iPhone out there, it will be a matter of striking deals um, with people to carry the frames.
1: Yeah, could, be. could and, be. And
2: you know, I mean, there could be, there could be a lot of money changing hands in that because if somebody thinks, um, you know, effectively carrying the Apple glasses and having exclusivity. Will bring you a lot of customers, um, bearing in mind oh, how yeah. successful with that. the you know the iPhone is. A lot of people say, "Well, all right, not every single iPhone user is necessarily going to want to come and get Apple glasses, but a large number might." So there could be you know there could be big money in that. Um, mm-hmm. So there's you know there's deals to be struck with with you know who, whom whomsoever. Um, you know, to get a couple, of two or three years of exclusivity of carrying the Apple frames could be worth a lot of money. Uh, Yeah, bring
1: it on, Apple. Bring it on. Bring
2: it on. Bring it on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This one, um, software engineer from the Safari team is now managing a new team at Apple whose goal is to solve problems with accounts, authentication and passwords so um interesting interesting, yes, um, a new task force as such uh run by um previous uh safari team member Ricky Mondello. um I'll pick this one up from a tweet by Ricky Mondello themselves uh Ricky apparently uh is uh you know prefers to be non binary um so they should be referred to as they um apparently. There you go, each their own. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'll be interested to see where this leads. Um, a special team are tackling accounts, authentication and passwords. Um, Maybe
1: one day we really will be able to merge it, uh, accounts,
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, and people maybe, have
1: wanted to be able to do that for so long.
2: <laughs> and maybe we won't, I won't keep getting this thing where it decides my password's no good and I have to do a load of dancing around iCloud to get it to uh, work again. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's always fun when it suddenly decides that no, that's not your password when it was like my password 30 seconds ago. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, there we are. Um,
1: the joys of passwords.
2: And to, well, yes. Uh, while we're talking talk about passwords, then uh, as a to spring off from there, uh, the security and privacy story this week is Comcast, Mastercard, and Samsung pour millions into a password killing startup. Uh, this uh, this links to Fortune. Um, this company uh, have raised. Uh, they're called Hyper H Y P R um, and. They have plenty of supporters. Um, they sell authentication software, apparently to MasterCard, Attainer, Rakuten and T-Mobile. Um, and they've just raised $18.3 million in a funding round led by the venture capital arm of Comcast. Um, and they have raised up a total of $32 million in VC uh, support to date. Um, uh, even my passwords <laughs> have passwords. He said, have That's passwords. how we... <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that actually I know exactly what he means because um, I use LastPass. And uh, to get into LastPass, if it logs me out, is a bit of a dance. I have to go to the authenticator, authenticate, then go to LastPass. Then I can go, (laughs) then I go to the keychain to get the, uh, you know, to get the password for LastPass to unlock my vault. Uh, Yeah, that is very much how it works. And I don't know the passwords to any of them. There we are.
1: Yeah, I've got a a first direct account and I don't use it very often. Um, But of course, every time I change my phone, um, you have to re-authenticate it. Uh, And to do that, I have to ring them up. And I can never remember anything. So because I use them so rarely, um, I I can't remember what my passwords are. (laughs) And so I have to give them all my details. And then they have to send me an email. And then I have to respond to the email and then I have to have secondary passwords for something else. I've never been able to work it out. No. I mean, it, it's just so complex. Uh, and eventually he says, oh, there you go. You know, you're fixed. And, and I know that two weeks later, if I hang them up again, I won't, I won't be able to remember won't anything. won't be able
2: to remember a single thing, no. Anyway, <laughs> this hyper apparently does things differently. The startup tech stores private cryptographic keys uh, on mobile devices. In practice, logging in becomes as simple as tapping a button on your phone. Um, right, we've taken, the, uh, we've taken the public key encryption used in smart cards, except without a card, um, and put it on your mobile phone, eliminating your password. Um, oh, okay. He aspires to kill the shared secret including PIN codes, social security numbers, credit card numbers, and so on um
1: did you uh, did you hear bart and Alison talking about uh i'm not gonna be able to remember what it's called it, it, it's using private and public keys but on the web
2: uh no oh. i haven't listened to that one yet um yes i know what uh it's the
1: new because <laughs> that's very good that yeah. sounds really exciting if that comes so so that that uses your public key and it it delivers the web page to you encrypted with your public key, so that you're the only one who can view it because you've got your private key. Yes, uh, I, I just thought it sounded fascinating, it's... and and if that really does become um, commonplace, you know that's get, that's going to do mean that we d- need far less passwords. Yeah, which is a good
2: thing. This is all. I mean, all of these people, this is not, the, this one um, I picked up because there was obviously you know, a big piece about it here, um, but it's the same sort of thing as, as people like Proton and Wire and various other people um, you know, you've got things like the key, and all these things are all working on ways to um, eliminate passwords because we all know yeah. passwords are
1: we can't terrible. remember them
2: <laughs> well, passwords are terrible Passwords are, are rubbish. It's a yeah. dreadful way yeah. to uh...
1: e- even when we've got cool tools like One Password, yeah, <laughs> or one of the or one of the other password managers. It's still a bit of a pain, isn't it? Yes,
2: yeah. it is. You know, it's still a drag. And then, it, you know, I I try and use either the keychain or LastPass to generate. Um, the passwords now so they give you, you know 16 yeah. 20 digit garbage that no one can remember um the only trouble there is sometimes you have to be careful to make sure that that password actually gets stored correctly um some sort of services where their regist registration page is not the same as the service page you can get yourself into oh yes i've come across that point where you you do it and then you go to the login and the keychain won't show you what the password is or you know uh so passwords are a dreadful technology really um
1: but we've got
2: (laughs) yep Okay, so here we are. Traditional multi-factor and two-factor password managers are all trying to improve legacy architecture rather than taking a step back and saying, we're flooded with names and passwords. We need to re-architect the way it's all done. Um, So there we are. Um, That's on Fortune. Um, Whether that will go anywhere, I don't know. I mean, effectively, they're saying... You know your phone or whatever becomes a security token which you use to log in and the fact that you can um you know your phone is usually now biometrically protected one way or another um yeah is probably one of the most secure ways you can do it I don't, and if it works, good for them um
1: the trouble is if you lose your phone then of course you lose access to everything, including your bank account and you <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, um, no doubt we'll have to have vaults full of backup, um, you know, emergency passwords, passwords yes. or something. <laughs> but I suppose that's built. I guess not having to work with passwords most of the time still got to be better than nothing, um, because so oh, many absolutely, people, so yeah. many people just continue to basically use absolutely terrible passwords and then use them everywhere, and that just leads to credential stuffing and all sorts of unpleasantness.
1: Oh, I can't believe how different it's been since i had since i got the original xr and the 11 um face id is just magical just being <laughs> yeah. able to authenticate yourself into a into a, a, a log into an app and
2: yes uh,
1: it's, oh, it, it, it's just wonderful
2: i mean I, it, I know
1: it's only put your thumb on it but oh wow yeah, yeah it's great
2: yeah there we are um What else have we got? Um, I'll tell you what, Nick, let's take a five-minute break and we'll go over to uh, John Nemo in the hardware store whilst you and I get a cup of tea and then we'll come back and do some more stories, shall we? Sounds good. Okay, Uh, over to John then. Take it away.
0: I've mentioned a catalogue site called The Gromit fairly often here on Nemo's hardware store. T-H-E-G-R-O-M-E-T, thegrommet.com. They specialize in lifestyle and personal tech items that they have selected. They sent us a bunch of stuff this week that is a combination of technology and lifestyle. First one is called the Yunmai Premium Smart Scale. The website is iyunmai, icom But you'll see the links in our show notes from the Grommet going to be posted here on our website on Essential Apple for this episode. $70 for the premium smart scale. You download the app that takes a few seconds, then you step on the scale and next thing you know, you can find your body weight, body fat percentage, body water percentage, body fitness age, body mass index, muscle rate, bone mass percentage, basal metabolic rate, protein percentage and visceral fat it gives you all those readings on the app and you can have loads of different people on the same app using the same phone or different phones connected to it using bluetooth it's really very easy to set up the only switch i needed to make was going from metric to pounds aside from that which i had to look up on the internet it was very easy and it turns out i have all those things body mass index and all that stuff. This scale really does it all very, very quickly because the app communicates so efficiently with Bluetooth. The physical scale is black, very attractive. Look at it on the website from our links here on Essential Apple. That's the premium smart scale, $70. Company is Yunmai and our website for the catalog where they present it and who provides it for us is thegromit.com. I don't normally weigh myself and check these other measurements, but I'm certainly fascinated by all these recordings that I can get literally in two seconds from stepping on the scale. It's got a good printed written manual in English, very easy to navigate app, good questions and answers. It's just a really nice job that they've done on the Yunmai premium smart scale and app from the grommet. The second item from the grommet is called the Power Station 360 Surge Protector. They sent us the white one. The black one is currently out of stock. It's a very substantial disc, a cylinder, about inch and a half high and about six, seven inches across around with a power on-off switch. And it has one, two, three, four, five, six American US power outlets, the grounded ones. And then it has one, two, three, four US B ports suitable for charging up your iPad, your iPhone, your eye, anything, your speakers, headphones, whatever you charge up. So it's an integrated unit. You must look at the picture on the website. It doesn't look as big as it is. This thing is quite substantial. You can even turn it over on the back, and there's two slots where you can mount it on a wall or on any surface that you want, actually, because they do provide two hook screws that you can use to screw it in to a suitable surface. This is going to be so great in my studio classroom, because I can now have six people plugged into it, everybody knows which plug is theirs, Then they can have four different USB devices charging at once. This is gonna replace a lot of much smaller and more awkward and much less robustly designed power outlets and USB ports. It includes 4,000 joule surge protection, has a lifetime $75,000 connected equipment warranty, wow. And there's a nice description on the website on the grommet. The company who makes it is called Limitless Innovations. L-I-M-I-T-L-E-S-S-I-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-S. Limitless Innovations is the company and the brand is the Charge Hub Power Station 360 Multiport Surge Protector. Very impressive. I've seen ads for these types of products for a few years now, but to actually have one in front of me, I really underestimated how substantial and massive and well-built and rugged it is, including a durable 6-foot, 2-meter American 3-prong power plug. So that's it from Nemo's hardware store this week. Thank you to the Gromit for providing the Yunmai Premium Smart Scale and the Charge Hub Power Station 360 Multiport surge protector. First one is $70. The second one is $60 in the U.S. These will give you value for a long, long time. Back next week.
2: Thank you, John, for that hardware store. John has asked me specifically to point out uh, that he did not mention that the scales uh, can interface with your Apple Health, your Google Fit, uh, your Fitbit, and various other apps. So uh, if you're interested in the body mass scales, um, they can. Connect to your Apple Health applications um, and the uh, the Power Hub. Um, he said he forgot to mention that the main body of the Power Hub has big rubber feet on the bottom to prevent it sliding about on the desk. Um, which, if you're like me, is something you've probably experienced in the past. A lot of those um, power delivery hubs or whatever uh, will skate about on your desk something chronic. Um, In the past, I've often resorted to uh, either self-adhesive Velcro or that weird sticky plastic non-slip mat. But uh, there we go. Apparently no need on that one. It's fitted with its own non-slip rubber feet. Uh, There we are.
1: Always a good idea.
2: Always a good idea indeed. In fact, my um, my personal bedside, you know, multi-charger, um, yeah. I wrote to the manufacturers and said, I really like your charger, it really works really well, um, but you could have fitted it with some kind of non-slip bottom, because I've had to, um, you know, double-side it, tape it down to my bedside cabinet to stop it falling off every two seconds. There we are. <laughs> And they were like, oh, we might think we might th- you know, we might bear that in we might bear that in mind. Yeah, you do that. You do that. Anyway, <laughs> um What have we Oh was one more Apple story we didn't do. Apparently, uh if you have an iPhone 6S or 6S Plus uh, manufactured between October 2018 and August 2019, so uh, you've got to have bought it very recently. It's got to be a new one. Um, it may stop powering on due to a possible faulty component. Uh, if that happens, uh, Apple promised they will fix it for you for free. Um, apparently, a faulty component has got into the supply chain, uh, but it only applies to phones between those dates. So, if your six S is in that range and it stops working, um, contact Apple and they'll fix it for you. There we go. Um, so Nick, uh, you might remember that uh, I mentioned the app, uh, Amazon Loop, the other day. Um, can't remember. Oh yeah, the last, that's last the,
1: the finger
2: ring. Yes, the thing, finger ring, it? the yeah. Amazon finger ring, um, which which you can use to. Uh, now, I I was incorrect. I was under the impression that it was part of the um, the glasses. Um, Frames, uh, which is what I, I I said about it on the show. That's not true. Having looked into it further, it is in fact a standalone device. Uh, the idea is that um, you activate it by pressing on it. You then hold your hand up in front of your mouth and speak to it, and then cup your hand near your hi- ear to hear the answer. Um, in and of itself, neither you know a good nor bad um, way, I suppose, to talk to your a lady. Um, designed for short interactions, according to Amazon. Obviously, things like, uh, you know, what's my next appointment or uh, the like. Um, However, apparently, at the moment, it's uh, only available by invitation only, i.e. for developers, I guess. Um, And it's $129. And its normal price will be $179, to which my answer is you're having a bloody laugh. Really?
1: that is a lot of money.
2: Well, yeah, I mean... I'd want it to either do a hell of a lot more or be a hell of a lot cheaper before I'd even um consider such a thing. And uh, as yeah. I said in the slack room, not, you know, not because it's um, an Amazon Echo device. If it was an Apple device, I'd still be saying you got to be joking. Really? Um there we are. One of the
1: uh, one of the clever things about the uh, so the headphones I'm using at the moment, I bought a little while ago, they're Sony um noise cancelling earphones. Um, and one of the features I like about it is that you can have pass through sound. So now I'm using it now with the pass through sound on, which means that it is actually picking up my voice clearly. So I can hear myself talking, even though I've got my headphones on. Uh, 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 but the, one of the best things I think, really clever design, is because you were talking with that loop about putting it a, a cover, a cupping your hand over your ear, is that if you cu- you cup your hand over the um, over the left ear cup on these headphones it turns off the noise cancelling um so if you're in on an aeroplane and the stewardess talks to you and you can't hear her all you have to do is cup your hand over the it, the earpiece and it turns it off so that you can hear her i thought that was Someone had obviously thought that through pretty carefully. Yeah, that was clever.
2: That, that's nice. I like that. That's a that's a bit like the you know putting your hand over your watch face, isn't it? To, um, yeah. to science, yeah, 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 similar yeah, sort of, a, of idea. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Android had the um, Android had the thing of turning your phone face down to put it into um, do not disturb mode, which I also thought was quite clever. One of the yeah, that was
1: clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I like these little things that they add into into tech to make them just that little bit more useful, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, they, um, yes, the Amazon Loop. Um, well, yeah, uh, thirty to fifty pounds. Good, good luck maybe. to them. Yeah, thirty to fifty <laughs> pounds. Maybe. I mean, I probably wouldn't buy one anyway, but you know what I mean. Um, for what it does,
1: you could you, you could get the uh, the the dot and sort of strap it to your wrist.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you could get. I mean, That'd be cheaper. Now, I mean, it, yeah. Really? I mean, are you so? You know, are you really so thing that you can't lift up your phone and speak to it, or? You know, uh, <laughs> mm. Hmm. We'll see. We shall see. Um, it's a, it,
1: it, it does sound a little bit like uh, let's throw it at the wall and see if it sticks, I, doesn't it? I,
2: as a concept, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't dislike it. I mean, it, in a way, it's like saying i want the sort of um the hey siri um functionality of airpods but without yeah. having to wear earphones but i wouldn't pay that sort of money for it um no this no. you know just wouldn't um apple or amazon or anybody else for that matter i just don't think it's worth that sort of money there you go i guess some people have got money to throw away uh there we are um and uh, talking about uh, earphones and the like, as it were, um, Microsoft uh, announced a whole load of items, and we'll go back and talk about those in a minute. But they and they specifically announced some Surface earbuds, um, which actually look sort of reasonably clever. They uh, have a touch surface control. Um, they g- go in your ears. They're Obviously, they're t- twin wireless earbuds, and they look like um, like a white... Well, I guess what you'd say, they look like your Apple Watch charging puck, is what they look like, um, on the outside, anyway. Um, and the surface is a touch-sensitive surface, so you can control them with swiping and touching and so on. Uh, the thing that put me right off them, though, is the price uh, they're asking 250 us dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah. 250. I mean, I know there's probably a lot of technology in there, but I mean, I thought AirPods were pricey at what, 150, 160 dollars. Um, yeah,
1: I find it what I find it quite ironic actually, that, um, for quite a long time, uh, people have been a bit embarrassed by wearing, um, uh, plugs in their ears effectively to, uh, uh, earpieces to, to to boost their hearing uh, and they've been getting smaller and smaller and smaller because people don't want them to be conspicuous mm. and this seems to be going in exactly the opposite direction let's make it as big as possible so that everyone notices it <laughs>
2: yeah well um obviously the outside surface of this is round and a bit yeah flat sort of i don't know by the by the photograph probably about the size of a, a of a draft piece a checker piece if you're um uh, in the US.
1: It's a little bit like dangly a little bit like dangly earrings, but in your ear.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it that's exactly right. <laughs> um and apparently as a result of this, uh Will Will I Am is not happy. Um he oh, put a piece on Twitter. Will. Will. Yeah Will I am he's accusing um Microsoft of having stolen his idea. Um those of you who have long memories might remember that Will I Am had some uh ear uh earphones called buttons which were in ear wireless uh earphones, but they were connected with a cord with the controls on the cord, so they were not true wireless; they were a pair on a on a cable um, and the only, The only resemblance I can see is that if you look at pictures of these buttons, they had um a cosmetic metal disc on the outside, about the same size um. But that was purely for fashion slash cosmetic purposes. So other than the fact that these are round, um, I cannot see any resemblance <laughs> between the the Microsoft um the Microsoft surface earbuds. How dare they
1: make something round? I've made something round once. Yes.
2: Uh, and by the way, his came in his came in black, gold, silver, and you know, rose. Um the Microsoft ones only come in white. Um or at least as far as I can tell, they only come in a gloss white um and will i am has taken the exception to that as well, claiming that that's uh, you know some kind of racist slur, so um I think you might be going off i think you might be going off the deep end there uh you know does sound a bit uh, strange i am dot deluded um yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry, um you know i don't dislike will i am i think he's an absolute idiot but that's you know i don't dislike <laughs> the man um he wants to continue to believe he's a technical uh, wizard and come up with incredibly stupid products <laughs> that's up to him um will i am himself i'm afraid he's no technical guru sorry um <laughs> There we are. Uh, Microsoft surprises with the new dual-screen Surface Duo uh, slash Neo. Um, Because, obviously, Microsoft had um, an event, and they, surprisingly, they released, um, or announced, I should say, not released, uh, as well as the Surface earbuds, there was um, a Surface Pro 7, a Surface Laptop 3, and then these two... um, surface products the duo uh, which is a folding phone running android and a surface neo which is a tablet um now this has come up before nick but this i think is uh we we can we can both put our hands up and go sir sir i said that first sir uh, in fact i think we should start a class action <laughs> suit to be honest the class action suit <laughs> you stole it off me how dare yeah, that's you right. Microsoft. my idea it's my idea because um What's interesting about these two products is they are folding products, but they do not have a folding screen. They work. Yeah, which um, makes are, a lot
1: more sense. Than I'm that.
2: still, yes, this is the thing that we've talked about before, Nick. Um, they are dual screen devices which fold so that the two screens uh, butt up in the middle, although also part of their. Um, spiel is that the idea is not so much that you run it as a single screen device, um, but that you actually run it as a dual screen device so that, you know, you can have one app on one side and something else on the other.
1: Uh, Mm. I can see that being, I can see that being quite useful. I mean, think about um, uh, being in a lecture for instance and wanting to make notes, but being able to see the, 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 the layout for what the lecturer is going to talk about next to you so yeah. you can make notes next to it and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's quite a good idea.
2: I, I, yes. I'm now, whether or not, uh, you know, Microsoft will do their usual trick of demoing, a you know, something that catches everybody's attention. Um, and, and then, then doing nothing with it <laughs> and then yeah. releasing a broken implementation. I mean, the, the one that springs immediately to mind was their um fold down drawing desk iMac type device
1: which, oh yeah yeah
2: which everybody went absolutely wow this is fantastic yeah then when they shipped it um it was powered by a you know underpowered mini pc in the in face yeah the case, which... I mean it
1: it was beautiful I mean the the concept was wonderful but as you say then and then launched it with uh, effectively, a a, 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 a laptop, a, a, not only just a laptop, but a poor laptop processor
2: in it. Well, yeah, it'd really yeah. be a bit. It, it was kind of the equivalent of announcing the, you know, the the iMac Pro, and then saying, but it's powered by two uh, two Mac Minis, you know, and. <laughs> <laughs> yes. or, or it's running and off. Even a, that be... yeah, or it's running off. It, a, you yeah, know. even
1: that wouldn't be that bad because I mean <laughs> the map minis can get quite powerful now. But yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying.
2: Yeah, it, it, yeah, they they nerfed it by running it off a pathetic, you know, um, processing system, which just uh, just struck me as crazy. Why go to all that trouble? And then anyway, um, so these two surfaced Then they've been announced, but they're they're not available yet. Um, obviously they're saying to um developers you know, that they need to work on um, supporting a dual-screen thing and and so on. Um, I've got a link to The Verge, Mm -hmm. which discusses it uh, fairly... um, The other interesting
1: thing, uh, of course, is that they've... Not surprisingly they're not going back to their own operating system there using Android.
2: Yes. Now I'm not I wasn't quite clear here. Is it only the phone, the Duo phone which runs Android or do they both run on Android? I don't know. No, I wasn't clear. But, but
1: the... uh, that, that that would makes that, um, that would make sense. It's the phone running on Android.
2: But they and yeah. Perhaps
1: the, perhaps the other thing is wo- the uh, is running on Windows.
2: Windows S. I don't know, but I don't know because I didn't. I didn't check deeply enough into it. Um. Yeah. Interestingly, yes. You. Well done for bringing that up. The Duo phone is going to run on a version of Android. Um. I, I'm not sure about that. You know, could that that could be the you know could doom it, or on the other hand, it could. Um. It could be his salvation, couldn't it? Because you're rather than trying to launch something from the ground up, you're presenting a new form factor. Uh, device but into an already um you know expansive and thriving ecosystem um yeah it means it would have access to because let's face it i'm sorry what what killed the windows phone um was lack of apps you couldn't get the apps um yeah that's right and that was Um, i've just had
1: i've just had a a quick look on one of these links the the neo the um Uh, which is two nine-inch screens, that's going to be running Windows 10X.
2: 10X, okay, Um, so they've made a special version of Windows for that then.
1: Yes, and the the Surface Duo is two 5.6-inch screens, and that's going to be running Android OS.
2: Yes that's so it's the phone is running on Android and the tablet is going to run and on the a modified button. version of a modified version of Windows 10. Interesting. Yes,
1: that's what it looks like. Interesting. Yeah. Um I'll be interested to see where they go. I mean I've seen some of these um small some of um Microsoft's small surface jobs and they're not bad pieces of kit really. No. Some of them are very thin.
2: They, they no very um, thin indeed. <laughs> I, I did. I have been in, you know, Dixon's PC world and had a look at them. Um, and, you know, they don't. Um, I think their don't... main
1: failings, you know, have always been the fact that um, Apple built this huge um, infra- uh, infrastructure uh, and keeping the iPad separate, mm. even though it's running the same OS, but developing different apps for the, even though they had the large apps to start with. Uh, actually, developing a different feel for the iPad was what what's made it so successful. Mm. Uh, and now, of course, they've hived it off into a different OS altogether. Um, well, yeah, not exactly altogether, but <laughs> yeah, I know is, what you mean. It is they a different are, OS.
2: They are um, it has different features and different. You know, it has the split screen yeah. and the slide over and, and a whole load of other things you can do. That
1: So they're still keep, still keeping the different differentiation between those two things. They're not trying to design something that will work across everything. What they're doing is actually creating individual experiences that basically run from the same core code, mm. which is very clever.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: so whether Microsoft, whether Microsoft will...
2: Well Microsoft have been doing it, building this you know what they I forget what they call it Microsoft one Microsoft core I don't know I can't remember now but they're working on the same kind of idea that they could have a um you know a Microsoft core which yeah would expand from you know the simplest devices up to your full blown desktop um but I mean yeah I'm not sure the the the, the, the neo uh, really interests me the the duo phone doesn't interest me in the least. That doesn't mean it's going to be a bad product. It just means it doesn't really appeal to me in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah. But it might appeal to a lot of people. Whether or not Android will be, you know, its salvation or its doom is yet to be <laughs> determined. Yeah,
1: remains to be seen.
2: <laughs> because the problem is Android's never really done anything on tablets apart from the very cheapest, um, you know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It, it, yeah, it,
1: there isn't. There isn't really an Android tablet OS type. No, there never no. has
2: been. And so, apart from those sort of really cheap seven-inch jobs that you bought for thirty quid and used to watch YouTube, um, the Android tablet never really went anywhere. Um, mm, the only true. one. The only one I would say, you know, is, is there's the is the Amazon Fire, but of course that's that's modified. That's that's an you know it's an Android tablet at its core, but it's heavily dependent on yes. the Amazon um ecosphere. So there we are. Um, what else have we got? Well, we're coming to the end, and I know you're going to run out of time soon, Nick. So um, we have a, a feel-good story. We like feel-good stories, don't we? We like feel feel-good stories. Uh, paralyzed man walks again thanks to brain-controlled exoskeleton. Um, You can find this all over the place, uh, but I've linked to BGR because they had the best result, uh, the best report I could find rather than just showing you the video and saying paralyzed man walks again. um, They've got some depth of reporting there, apparently um, explaining how they went about it. Um, You know, they didn't just plug him into this thing and off he went. (laughs) Um, They started off by putting, um, you know, electrodes into his brain. Um, And then he spent about 18 months, uh, apparently, learning how to control, you know... Um, a cartoon character in a virtual environment, um, which they used as a way both to train him and to train the software. Um, and then there is a video of him uh, to say walking again is slight exaggeration. I would say um, he is walking in this uh, exoskeleton, which is suspended from the ceiling by wires, uh, you know, connected to uh, rails. But uh, don't in any way <laughs> let that, uh, you know, detract from the good story year i mean this this is a man who is paralyzed basically from the shoulders down and he is walking in with the aid of a brain controlled exoskeleton um
1: apparently um, I, I read somewhere that um the, the the most difficult bit was actually moving his arms mm. uh, because your arms can move in a lot more ways as it were um, that, that was actually the the hardest bit, is to actually get his arms to work. Yes. Surprisingly.
2: And, uh, you but, know, uh, I'm not taking away from it by saying he's suspended from the ceiling either, by the way, because... Um, it it, it
1: people, still feels a bit like science fiction, doesn't it? I it mean It does.
2: Um, amazing. I mean, people, uh, fully, you know, uh, fully abled people who uh, have worked with robotic exoskeletons have always said that um, you have to be very careful. Because obviously, as it amplifies all your movements, um, you know, and and unwary twitch of your foot could flick you over so, um, you know, a man who's actually paralysed and walking through a brain-machine interface uh, I'm not surprised they've (laughs) for safety purposes um, you know, made sure he's kept upright by cables, but, you know, I'm sure in time, let's face it, as uh, you said before the show... Maybe another 20,
1: 30 years, who knows?
2: Well, you know often these things are um, underestimated, you know these things often move a lot faster once somebody makes a breakthrough so, we, you know, um, well done, him. Well done, the developers. Um, I think that's a good news story. A good news story. Absolutely. There we are. Um, and I think we'll pretty much round it up now, Nick. Um, so what have we got? I think we've covered pretty much all of it now. Um, I've just got a Pixelmator. Pixelmator over the last week have gone uh, berserk releasing updates. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pixelmator pr- Photo... For the iPad, it uh, has a major 1.1 update with iOS 13 support, batch editing, file handling, and more. Um, I've linked to the digital photo review um, uh, article. Uh, Pixelmator Pro have added a discount upgrade program for uh, people who own the original Pixelmator. Um, and Pixelmator Pro 1.4 is almost ready with uh, mac os catalina mac pro mac pro display xdr support machine learning denoising and much more so there we go um and there's a beta for that um it's been out for a while but if anybody's interested in getting on that they can follow the link and uh for anybody who's got the original pixel Mater and isn't interested in upgrading even that got an update this week so there we are um that is probably uh pretty much everything um oh we were talking earlier about controllers and I meant I meant to refer to this the worth a chirp essential tip for this week Nick is uh, iPhone in Canada um have a piece on how to pair your DualShock PS4 or Xbox wireless controller with your Apple TV iPhone or iPad uh, obviously for the purposes of uh, exploring Apple Arcade so if anybody wants to know oh, how to do that get
1: onto that yeah, yeah.
2: Link in the show notes. Um, and just a snippet, I've got a couple of things here. Um, pages, faxes and checks, things which might seem obsolete but aren't from the BBC News, uh, worth a bit of a giggle. Um, mm. The one that did uh, seem a little bit bizarre to me is apparently uh, audio cassettes are making a comeback. They're having a renaissance. uh Heaven a little bit knows knows like vinyl, what? vinyl records. <laughs> well, yeah, but vinyl records—I can understand. Um, let's face it, uh, audio cassettes were always a cludge at the best of times. Um, so, <laughs> yes. no, I don't. I have no love for audio cassettes. I'm afraid. Um, even in the article, they say those of us of a certain age can remember them as no more of a horror of mangled tapes and cracked cases. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's right. You
1: always had always to have a pencil handy.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if whoever designed those uh, had, you know, made sure that an HB pencil was the perfect uh, spanner to wind <laughs> the cards with, or not, or whether yeah, that was just did, yeah. pure chance. But um, there we are. Uh, yeah, that's uh, amusing. Faxes and pages apparently also um, are not obsolete, mostly because uh, the NHS uses them to a vast extent, although uh, mm. the NHS has been told to stop doing. So uh, there we are. Um, and then there's one here for which my comment is bbq 111 Whatever. Um, a man <laughs> is apparently suing Apple because he's claiming his iPhone turned him gay. Um, I won't go into the details, but it's somewhat hilarious. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you are you kidding me? Um, you did something and you say it's because you have an iPhone. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, think
1: I'm going to sue Apple because they've turned me into a geek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure I wasn't a geek before the Apple. Oh, no, I, and I'm not sure I can prove that
2: actually. Uh, no, I'm not <laughs> sure. And uh, I, I'm, I, have I, I? Perhaps I haven't put it in here. Um, no, I don't think I've put. I don't think I've put the link in. Um, a judge in the U.S. Uh, has basically ruled that nobody gives a monkeys about the notch on the uh, screens of the notched iPhones, <laughs> and uh, this has dealt a blow to the possibility of a class-action uh, suit against Apple, claiming that they misrepresented the screen size on said phones.
1: Who um, are for common sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this isn't apparently enough to necessarily scupper it, but it's not done it any favours. Um, he said, I believe, I don't think anybody in the US really cares. So <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Um nice one. yep. Uh and as I say, that's about it. Uh you can follow me on uh Twitter as at serenak and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show uh is at Essential Apple, although I don't use that anywhere ma- uh, near as much as I should. Uh you can find all of our stuff over at EssentialApple.com. Um Tanya Vert from Light gifted us four copies of Amadine to give away. Oh. That's their vector drawing application, which they recently released. We have four licenses to give away. Um, and in the usual manner, if you want to put your name in the hat to win a copy, uh, email essentialapple at sudomail.com. And that's S-U-D-O mail dot com. Don't forget that uh, if you are interested in photography, uh, Mac Jim in our Slack room has started a family-friendly Flickr group for listeners to share their photos and talk about uh, photography. So if you're interested, head over to the Essential Apple Flickr uh, link in the show notes and request an invitation from uh, Jim. Uh, Thank you, as usual, to everybody who supports the show uh, via the Patreon, via the Pinecast Tips Jar, uh, by using the Amazon affiliate link. The big red button is on the website for that. And uh, I think that's about it. So uh, promote yourself away and then we will wrap the show up.
1: OK, so uh, you can uh, find me occasionally on Twitter and you'd find me under Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And you can hear me probably next week sometime on Bart's show as well. Uh, Let's talk, Apple.
2: Yep. Well, I know you're recording that shortly. Um, and knowing Bart, that will actually quite likely be out by tomorrow lunchtime, to be honest. Unlike this show. Yes, he's is very
1: of- turns around quickly.
2: Yeah, unlike this show, which will probably end up coming out about Wednesday. So there you go. When you hear me saying that uh, (laughs) Nick is going to be on... uh let's talk Apple you will probably already listen to it before you hear this and <laughs> oh, there we go yes. that's the that's the magic of podcasting and the weirdness of time shifting so on on that uh, you know on that note <laughs> I think we should just shut up and bugger off Nick <laughs> alright then everybody until next week goodbye bye bye <laughs> Oh, so it is
1: never late, Fredo Beggins.
2: Or is he early?
1: He arrives precisely when he means to. And usually listening to the Tech Fan Podcast with Tim Robertson and David Cohen, part of the Stoplight Network.